with Million Dollar Agent. We're all here, Troy, John, Tom. I got a question before we start. At the beginning, when you do that, is there music in the background or not? Yeah, there is. Because I've actually never listened to one of the. I mean, obviously we do them. I've never watched myself on television, almost never. I've never listened to anything I do because I've always say, "God, I sound terrible." I always look terrible, and I always say something stupid. So, but I was just checking because whenever I listen to podcast, I love the music at the beginning. So, have we got that? Yeah. Uh, Which music is it? Uh, we bought the rights to a track. We bought the rights to a track. That's big John, business. Look, it's official. That's, that's you might very be, official. You might, you, you might not be aware of this, but this is actually a top line production. Now, <laughs> there's, there's some quality. I mean, here he comes. He comes in. He's, he's actually said, "Do we have music before the show?" John, do you realise the check that we had to write to these producers for this music? And I, you think I, you think I rock up here and I'm just going to wing it. I've actually rehearsed like Richie Bano does before he gets on. I've rehearsed everything I'm going to say in oh, the first few it. seconds. There's phone calls, there's meetings. Yes. There's... Troy. I can't believe it. Now, I've got to say, though, we don't rehearse Q&A. No, we don't. But we do that for a reason, because I always say to people, preparation's free and it's critical. But on the Q&A, and 2015 is our year of Q&A, I want to give, and you want to give, authentic answers, not pre-rehearsed polish. So I actually like, and even when I'm doing a panel, Troy, with people, uh, they'll often say, give me the questions. And I'll say, I'd rather not. If you're absolutely desperate, I probably will give you some of them. But I, I just want you, as though we're having a conversation, just forget there might be another thousand people out there. Just, I want you to tell me what's really in your heart and what you really do, not what you think people should hear. Yeah. You're spot on, John, and I know that uh, when we do our ARIC panels uh, briefings, yeah. you really don't like actually practising yeah. the questions because uh, I, like you, particularly if I'm asking them, I feel like it's a lie. It's a feel like you've already had this conversation yeah. and that you know the answers, but the other thousand people, or um, we want 5,000 people at ARIC this year, yeah. the other 5,000 yeah. people... Uh, haven't been privy to this other conversation that's happened before. You like the fact like it's a live grand final. There's something like It's funny because I think we spoke last week or we have spoken from time to time about the block. Um, when, when Neil and I and, and the other sort of judges did the block, we, we never went into the room before the camera's rolling. We just went straight in and we looked around and we said, yeah, because again, it was real. And it is real, yeah. as opposed to going in there and thinking, oh, what should I be picking out about this room? Yeah. So there's something about the magic of the moment. of. So I think it's good to practice, practice, practice stuff until you get really good at it. But then I think the authenticity of being in the moment. So um, Q&A is in the moment. So let's get in the moment. Let's go. Uh, first question comes from Ben Leonardi. How does John beat... Lethargy, we, uh, lethargy, lethargy, yep, uh, and keep his energy reserves to lead up his life. Good question. Energy. I know you're big on energy. You got big a lot energy. of views on energy. Big on energy. Well, look, I think there's there's kind of two or three big answers to that. Number one is energy is a combination of physical, so you know, keeping yourself in reasonable shape, ideally great shape, uh, and then there's sort of mental or emotional. Is you know sometimes when you've so much on your mind and you didn't sleep well last night and you're distracted by stuff, that brings your energy down too. So the first one is, how do you keep yourself in, in, in good shape? You've got to move, exercise, and exercise doesn't mean train for a marathon. It means half-hour walk a day, 45 minutes, a yoga class three times a week. It means something like that, uh, and a bit of stretching on top of that. Um, so that's really critical. Two is it means sleeping well. So you need to get yourself a sleeping pattern, and I'm a firm believer that 
two or three hours before midnight are far more valuable than five or six hours after Are you after normally midnight. in bed by 9.30, John? Uh, I get into bed about 8, 8.30, and then I often sort of watch a bit of telly and I doze off about 9.30, 10. So I get at least two hours before midnight, and then I usually get up at five. So that gives me my seven-hour block. But some people say, oh, well, I get seven hours, I go to bed at 12.30 and wake up at 7.30. It's actually not the same. I've studied a lot about this. And, and the, with the circadian rhythms of your body, you do get a better quality sleep before midnight. So rest, exercise or, or activity, then of course nutrition and hydration. So I try and eat as much organic food as I can. I generally would eat 75%, three, or four, three out of four meals will be um, home cooked organic. And then even when I go to restaurants, you know, obviously trying to find places that have been you know, well prepared and well sourced the food. And the other one is, is water. I mean, here we are drinking water now, but I try and have at least two, preferably three litres a day. I find the easy thing, if I go, I, I look at my diary and you'd be the same time. I have at least six, sometimes eight, nine meetings a day and even more. If I have a glass of water in every meeting, that's at least minimum two litres a day. Yeah. And then I also do, as soon as I wake up, first thing I do, daily ritual, is have a glass of water. So that gives me my two litres, and everything else is a bonus, and if I get to three, good, but at least I've got two locked away. And the last one is just, I think, that emotional side, is just keep your life simple. Don't get too tricky. Don't try and do too many different things, and, and you know, don't try and join every single group that you can join and, and go out every night of the week to try and satisfy other people's demands on you. Work out. So as you know, I live a very simple, private, personal life. Um, I'm in bed early, I get up early, I sort of have a small group of friends that I hang out with two or three nights a week, might catch a movie, um, but I, I'm not kind of uh, stretching myself because I do find I need time to rejuvenate. Mm -hmm. And that, that includes time doing nothing. Like sometimes I'll just make sure that my phone's off on the weekend, I have no commitments, no appointments, even social appointments, phone's off and I just give myself a day or two just to really recharge for the next week. So I think that's around energy. And you've um, always, John, you've always, uh, in addition to those great uh, tips there, which I concur 100%, you're also a major believer of being proactive in what you let into your head yeah. and who you hang out with and the content that comes and that you process and that you, you're sele selective about it. So eliminate negativity. Um, I don't read um, or listen to or watch media uh, in terms of things like news. Mm. I refuse to watch the 6 o'clock news or listen to the 5.30am radio broadcast because it's always going to be negative, 99% of it. So I kind of just keep that out. Uh, people agree. Um, sometimes you have a lot of negativity around you in, in the people side, so it's really important to sort of keep that out of your life. Um, so I think those things are really critical. You know, some of the little practical things I do, um, I've mentioned before on, on stage and I think on podcast, a shower power. So every morning when I jump in the shower and every night before I go to bed when I have a shower, I throw on the wall laminated um, pictures of my goals, my mentors, um, quotes that I love, um, beliefs that I have about the world that just keep me sharp all the time. I listen to podcasts every day in the car instead of the radio, I listen to podcasts while I'm walking, walking, listening to podcasts. So if you do those things, and I guess all of that might sound like a lot, but it actually just becomes a part of your life. Yeah. So I don't find any effort doing any of that. I don't find effort getting up early, going to bed early, going for a walk, going for a dip in the ocean, which is something I've been doing a lot of lately. I go down to Coogee you know, early in the morning, have a dip, and then sort of get out and have a morning coffee. So it's kind of part of your daily practice.
Yeah, John. Well, the one thing uh, that I can say to uh, everyone that's listening um, to this is that these things are things that don't cost a lot of money. You don't need to highly motivate yourself. And after a while, if they become patterns of the way that you operate, you generally find that you're a lot happier, you're more energised, and uh, we'd encourage all our listeners um, to look at doing those things. Because everything that you said there, John, is not about training for a 42-kilometre marathon, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're 100%. And, and in fact, almost none of them cost any money. Podcasts are free. The internet to get great quotes, laminate them, put them on your shower wall is free. Walk, stretch, swim in the morning is free. Going for a jog is free. Organic food, a little bit more expensive than non-organic, but not a deal breaker for most people, and certainly worth the investment. So I, I think it's really uh, very, very critical. Okay. Good you, question, I like. Thank you, Ben. Uh, John, another question we've got, uh, and this talks about, because both you and I have got a belief that uh, running an attraction business model is where you want to head to. Maybe not in your first two years that you'll be doing a lot of chasing and you'll be out there um, running what I call more transactional model. But Anthony Kershaw that's put this question in has said, when did you realise you went from a hunter-gatherer to an attraction agent? It's an interesting question. Yeah, no, it is a good question. So my view is I was an attraction agent in the making from day one. I recognised early on the best way to build my business, my personal business, before I had any team members around me, was just to give people a great experience. Buyers, sellers, suppliers, community business people, everyone around me that I connected with was to leave a positive impression that I cared, that I listened, that I deliver on what I, what I promised and so forth. So even though it probably took a year or two to really have it kick in big time and start repaying, I don't even want, in fact, I'll take that word back, repaying. That repaying sounds like it was an effort to try and get a reward. In actual fact, it's, it's the gift is in the giving, mm. and I love serving people, and I love helping people, and I love coaching, mentoring. Whatever it is that I can do to contribute to someone else's positive outcomes, I love doing. So it was actually wasn't, I won't even call it a reward because it was just what I love doing. So I think, you know, so what do you do now? Let's come into today's um, day and age. And uh, was it Anthony? Uh, it is Anthony Kershaw, yeah. Anthony. So, Anthony, every single meeting, every single phone call, in fact, it's just got to become who you are. Mm-hmm. You need to become a giver that cares, that listens, that follows through um, and commits and is committed to excellence. Um, that If that's who you are you never have to think about it again so I don't think oh should I be nice to this person should I try and help out in this scenario it's kind of just part of my values that I like contributing because an an, an attraction agent is an attraction agent when someone walks into an open house the way that they're talking to someone at a traffic lights the way that they they pay for their coffee in the morning that is all attraction agent it's the energy that you're giving out to people in everything that you do not just a listing presentation yeah, and if, and if you're not doing all those things in between listing presentations that are attractive and attraction agents, it, that means it's inauthentic yeah. and it's probably unsustainable. So people will find that out. Because you're switching on and off constantly. I've seen people literally make decisions around, oh, that guy's got a $10 million home and I'm going to be pleasant to him. And then they walk back to their table in a restaurant and they kind of ignore or are rude to a $20 an hour waiter or waitress. And I'm thinking... 
man, you are so out of touch. You think that that person, because they happen to own an expensive home or they're the head of a big accounting firm in your district, is more important than this person because they're serving you your breakfast? That's like, yeah. that is out of touch. Yeah, well, John, I've got to, you know, when I see you being as successful as you are with what you've done with your brand, um, I can't help but think about, we were speaking at a conference in Melbourne three years ago and um, I was coming on after you and the AV guy um, who I'd met before said to me, Tom, that John McGrath guy, he's a really nice guy. And I said, why, what was, what was actually said? He goes, just, you know, it was just the way, the way he sort of treated me. And um, I oh, said, well, what do, you, what do you mean by that? He goes, oh, you know, some of these speakers, they come in here and he goes, they sort of, he goes, he goes some are nice, but he goes, some of them aren't so nice. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that about you, John, whether it's an AV person, it's my PA, yeah. whoever it is, you're the same. And I think to Anthony out there, oh, one of the principles is uh, make sure your audio is matching your video 24-7. Yeah, so I think just to sum- thank you, that's very kind. And, and I think the summary of that is you're an attraction agent from day one. Um, yes, prospecting of a proactive nature is important in the early days to kind of fill the funnel with opportunities. But it's actually, even from day one, it's not anywhere near as important in my view, and I'm sure in your view, as just looking after people. Okay. Johnny, last question. Matt Thompson from the Gold Coast, who's a personal trainer that is making the shift to real estate, um, has written in and um, said, should I get a mentor in my business with someone that knows me and works in my office, or should I be looking for a mentor outside of my office that I have one-on-ones with? My definition around that was you can never have enough mentors. So I have mentors, people I've never met before. I look at Steve Jobs and and people like that and I think, wow, well, for me, he's a mentor because I've read about him, I've listened to him, I've studied and observed him. So he's taught me without even knowing. So I don't think you need to have a predefined limit on mentors. Um, Peer partners, so let's, a peer partner, my definition, Tom, would be someone that is working with you in your business or is in your life regularly, so let's call them a peer, so it's not necessarily your boss, it's not a paid advisor, that you respect and you trust and you can bounce ideas off. So I think you definitely want to have mentors whether you've met them or not. You definitely want to have a peer partner or three, so people in your business that you can bounce off good ideas and that you really have a good energy with. The third one, which maybe I think where Matt might have been going, was let's call them a coach, uh, business coach. and you might have one inside your business, like your sales manager or your principal, and that's good because you won't have to pay them. Or you might hire someone, and I hired Mike Sheargold many years ago on a monthly basis, and Mike was a big part of my success and continues to be a close friend today and is, is a great, uh, great coach and, and advisor. So I think that if you can find a Mike Sheargold in your life, now when you start off for Matt, maybe it's a bit expensive for your first six to 12 months, I don't think you need someone necessarily to start off. Certainly don't stretch yourself financially to where you're well, awkward. Well, John, what are you looking for in a coach if you're a young agent? Are you looking for someone that keeps you accountable or are you looking for someone that's going to teach you skills and give you experience and say, don't do that, do this? What are the things you're looking for in a coach? Yeah, look, good question. I think the answer, Tom, is both. You definitely want someone... Well, one is you want someone to talk to because... 
for a lot of us, we get our ideas jumbled up in our own head and we think, oh, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? If you actually verbalise and talk to someone and say, Tom, I've been thinking about focusing on this price range and here's why I want to do it. And then they ask a few questions. So, you know, tell me what would that take and, and tell me what that looks like and what are the numbers involved there? So you want someone that you can talk to that'll ask you intelligent questions. And then that's that's first two. Then the next one is you want someone who has experience around success and has witnessed, observed, and probably participated in other people's success. So that's pretty critical. The third one is accountability. That's such a huge and important part of it. So, you know, we talk from time to time about things. Oh, Matt, they're a good example. Matt's a personal trainer. Part of the reason people pay him is when he's a personal trainer is because of his expertise. The other part is they know they're more likely to turn up to the gym if he's expecting them and they've paid for him, and he'll make them do an extra few sit-ups, extra few push-ups, just stretch that extra three or four inches you know, to get a full stretch in. So I think it's very much the same as the role that, that Matt's been playing in his physical life yeah. prior to now is what he's looking for is someone to hold him and keep him accountable, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. That is the end as the guy what's his name Alcha James Altucha James I yes. love the way he, he ends it that's what's called dumb <laughs> I love it. Troy can we can we get you to listen to what the guy what that guy's doing with his intros and outros on on there um, and have he's a got good music yeah he's got he's got he's, and he's got a voiceover doesn't he he's got a voiceover and it finishes off at the end of the podcast and he says that's what we call dumb <laughs> and it fins up really really well um, for now we're just going to use the whatever we spent on our uh, intro and outro we want to thank and by the way I've been meaning to ask to all the great people that send SMSs emails I'd love you to go to uh, iTunes and give us a rating because it does show that when people value it, iTunes seems to like to know that. So yeah. uh, that's on his outro, isn't it? His wife often says, um, Claudia, I think. Claudia, her name. that's Claudia it. says. So if you like this thing, so uh, you're taking a leaf out of their book. I yeah, love absolutely. It. I've been list- I've been listening to it, and we're doing that. Please rate us on iTunes. We'll talk to you next week. Hang on, final thing before we go. Eric Brochure should be hitting hitting your desks around now. If by any chance you haven't got one, your office hasn't got them because the real estate fraternity changes so much, um, just email me, John McGrath at mcgrath.com.au or Tom Panos at Tom, Tom Panos. At tompanos.com.au and we will get you um, the yeah. brochure. I've, uh, John, I met with the photographer um, the other day when we were doing the photos. I told him to spend two hours with me. But that's, that's, another, that's another topic. Boarding coffee. We went through every photo. I said, don't send this one in. But uh, I can tell you that he told me the people that he's photographed that are here. I've seen the speakers list. I can tell you without doubt this is going to be the best content-driven Eric ever. If yeah, we're yeah. talking about what-tos and how-tos, yeah. um, this is the best. Well, people like Matt Thompson that you said there, Matt's joining. Anyone that's just joining or joined the industry that turns up, takes notes for two days and gets it, would be this will be a phenomenal Kickstarter. So anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, hopefully we can uh, uh, have everyone that's listening turn up there. And uh, In fact, we're going to do a live Million Dollar Agent 
while we uh, while we're up there. So that's going to be pretty cool. We're going to do that on the morning of the second day on the Monday. First, the first of first, June, I think. So it's thirtieth of May. Thirtieth of May, first of June. June. So Gold step Coast. number one is block out your diary, knowing yeah. that those two days it works really well because you finish your Saturday of open houses and auctions, yeah. and that you're on the Gold Coast on Saturday night. Well, some people go there on the Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll talk more about it over the coming uh, okay. weeks. See you then. See ya. See Enjoy you your week. See you